0: Hi, thanks for listening to this Power Podcast. This is the first episode in a mini-series called Voices Heard, Lives Empowered. We're recording these episodes during the coronavirus lockdown and the aim is to give a voice to people whose contribution to society might be going unnoticed during these difficult times. Today, our guest is Donna, an amazing lady who lives in Nottingham and cares for her husband, Mark. We hope that you find the episode enjoyable and helpful. You can find out more about power and what we do at www.power.net. Thank you. So Donna, can you tell us a little bit more about the person that you care for? Right,
1: he is my husband... We have been together 22 years. Been married 21. That's Um, good going. Yeah, you get less murder. (laughs) Um, He didn't. He's always had a bad back, um, but he didn't really get poorly until 2016. He had to have an epidural in. He couldn't do it in the bottom of his back, so he did it between his shoulder blades. Of course, it messed it up. Um, he's got no feelings in his left leg. Can't feel it at all. So, basically, I came off full-time work to go to part-time. Obviously, that wasn't doing my health any good. Um, so, we are seen about me giving up work. Uh, I gave up work and became his full-time carer.
0: Right, so it's been a, it's been a massive lifestyle change for you then, then really, oh, hasn't yes. it?
1: Yes, definitely. I've I've gone from having a husband that could do practically everything to somebody that's now got anxiety. Um, Is on a load of drugs, morphine, oromorph, so that affects his mood swings and everything else. So yeah, it is a big, big. It's a shock. It's hard. Sometimes it's hard to comprehend what's happening yourself.
0: Yeah, definitely. So, so before 2016, did did Mark have did he have any any kind of problems at all, or or was it as a result um, of the operation?
1: When he was 14, he stepped off a curve, flat-footed, and he jarred his back. Um, He's always had a bad back, and over the years, it's got gradually worse. He's had about three operations on it, a spinal fusion, a, a decompression, and then the last major operation that he had was two metal rods put in his back, so he can't spend like normal person. Um, and he was still, even then, he was still going to work. But like I said, 2015 was when he, he was having to have time off work because he couldn't cope anymore. And then 2016 was when he came off work and we had no help, no nothing.
0: Sure, sure. So so what what did you and Mark do before when you were in full-time work and Mark, Mark was still working?
1: Well, for 10 years he was the assistant manager of a pub and then he left that and he became a supervisor for ISS cleaning trains. I also worked in the pub, left and went to work on the trains as well.
0: Right, I see. So it's a big a big come down, isn't it, really to have had some some pretty pretty interesting and important jobs to, to go from that to yes. being to being at home a lot. So yeah. do do you do you have any care to kind of coming in to help to help you and Mark or is it is it just the two of you?
1: I've got my stepson, he comes and stops a few days a week. Especially like because Mark Used to be 14 stone, but obviously because he is not physically fit anymore, he put quite a bit of weight on. So he's he has lost two stone, which I'm very proud of him. He went up to just over 20 stone. I'm only five foot three, and I'm probably about nine stone went through. So I need him to sort of like help me with getting Mark in the shower, because some days Mark can make it from the bathroom to the shower, and then other days he can't. It, it depends what day we're on, if we're having a good day or a really bad day.
0: Sure, sure. I mean, that's, that's an amazing achievement, though, for Mark to lose two stone, especially with everything going on at, at the minute. There's, yes.
1: you know,
0: I, I mean... I personally speaking all i want to do is just sit sit on my sofa and eat chocolate at the minute and wait for it all to blow over so
1: yeah so no that's I mean, a... that's everybody
0: <laughs> so you have care from from a family member that comes in but you you've got no there's no kind of outside agency that comes in to give you any help
1: no right Not whatsoever we used to live in a terraced house but obviously mm-hmm. Mark couldn't manage stairs, so I got in touch with the Citizens Advice, and they sent an OT out, and as soon as he walked through the door, he said, you can't live like this, because I was living upstairs, sleeping, and Mark had the like middle room, so we had a front room, a dining room, kitchen, bathroom, so he was near enough living in the dining room. So if anybody came, they'd have to come through the kitchen and come through his bedroom, which the privacy side of things and stuff like that is not good, not mentally and stuff like that. So we ended up getting a little bit of help to get a two-bedroom bungalow. The council turned around and said, well, the OT person, Um, said that we needed a two-bedroom bungalow because me being a carer, I need at least seven hours undisturbed sleep. I don't get it all the time. But we got a bungalow, which was really, really good, but we still have to pay bedroom tax. I tried arguing it. And they said, because we're married, it doesn't matter.
0: I really sympathise with that, and obviously that that then has an impact on the money that you've got available to you know to get out and about, doesn't it? I guess, and yeah. to you know and to have a good have a good lifestyle. So obviously we're talking prior to lockdown, but but were you and Mark able to get out and about together?
1: Yeah, he um, got a mobility scooter. I've been really lucky because I passed my driving test in. February last year which I'm so happy about.
0: That's brilliant, yeah.
1: Uh, it took me 21 years to do it, but I've finally done it. Um, so now when we need to go out, I can get him in the car. Um, it is a bit of a struggle. I've got arthritis and that, so my hands and hips aren't as good as they used to be. But yeah, we did used to go out like go visit family. I've got three dogs. Um, we used to let the dogs walk, but obviously this lockdown with Mark's medical condition is like ha- at risk. So he can't really go out anymore now.
0: Sure, that's um, that's that must be really hard. And um, I think there's an irony there, isn't there? That this these measures have been brought in to. Protect people's physical health, but not going out can really affect your mental health, can't it?
1: Yeah, I mean, we say that he's got cabin fever um, because that's what they call it. Because because he's not mobile, he's in bed twenty three hours a day. Um, he's got he's got a PC. He plays games. If he needs anything, I'm there. But mentally. I'm I'm lucky because I can still go out. I have a letter to say that I'm I'm a registered carer for my husband, which gives me the right to go out and do the shopping and stuff like that. But it's horrible because I'm worried that I'm in the cure asda and I come in contact with somebody that's got this COVID nineteen. And i
0: bring it home yeah that that must be a, a like a horrendous concern for you and and I, I can relate to that obviously not not in the same situation as yourself donna but i've got a a seven month old son and although obviously all of the all of the statistics say that you know um children won't be affected um yeah. you know I, I still feel very i kind of can kind of feel it in my chest sometimes if i'm going yeah. somewhere where is likely to be queues at the moment, like the supermarket. So, so yeah. to to have a have a husband who's obviously on that um, vulnerable category, that yeah. must be really really kind of worrying for you. So, when it comes to going to the supermarket, then are you are you able to use any of the the hours for key workers?
1: Uh, no, a carer in the family. No, I'm not entitled because I don't carry the NHS badge, I, I don't qualify to get in front of the queue or get the discounts and stuff like that. I understand that the nurses, doctors, they're doing an amazing job, but what about all the other people, all the other carers? Mm. My brother has had to, because I was caring for my husband and my mum and dad, My brother's wife passed away in October last year, so he's had to come up from Lowestoft and he's now caring for my mum and dad. They say you've got an allocated slot between eight and nine in the morning. I can't go out at that time in the morning because between eight and nine is when I have to make sure that Mark's had his breath, well, had his first tablet. Then I have to wait for an hour before he can have his breakfast, then I have to give him his breakfast. So that hour is gone.
0: I see. So so even even if you were entitled to go in and, and, and jump the queue as as a recognised key worker, the, the yeah. times that some of the kind of key worker hours are put on by the supermarkets, you wouldn't be able to make those anyway then. No.
1: Um, I, there's a bloke at the bottom of, well, over the road. from my God! And he's um, 24 hour. Kid. He has carers live in, and one of his carers went to the a, a, a supermarket and said, "Look, yeah, I think it was about five past, off past nine And he went to the security and he said, "Look, I'm a I'm a carer. Here's my badge because it's, it's a private firm." And I can't come at that time because it takes two carers to get him out of bed. And the security guard turned round to him and said, "Not my problem. No, it's not his problem." But there was no need to be that rude or abrupt or.
0: No, no, and it's and it's 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 so sad to hear that because I I think obviously these. You know these rules and these category categories for uh, key workers. They've all had yeah. to be done so quickly that they don't take into account sort of individual circumstances. And yeah. obviously, um, you know the, the, the care that you're delivering for your husband is is incredible, and it's every bit of, as vital as as somebody that does it for, you know, does it as a profession, does it as a job yeah. for for other people. Yeah. So so how are you managing to get food then at, at the moment, Donna? Are you relying on other, other people within the family or are you are you just managing to, to sit um, and muddle through?
1: What I do, because we get paid fortnightly, I'm having to budget so that we do it weekly. And if they've got it, they've got it. If they haven't got it, then obviously I can't buy it. Um, the thing that we struggle most for is rubber gloves because even though it's my husband i still have to empty his bottles when he has a wee um because he can't bend i have to wipe his bum and sure. um, obviously you need gloves gloves we can't get that we can't get my stepson he works for the co-op and if they have a delivery, it's gone before he even gets to work. So it is quite a, a struggle with the important things.
0: Definitely. I mean, it's it's all, it's all this, this business with um, the PPE, isn't it? The personal protective yeah. equipment. Um, yeah. it, it just seems to be so thin on the ground because everybody wants yeah. it at the moment. So yeah, that's that's a real shame. So can can I ask you, Donna? Are, are you registered as a carer?
1: I'm registered with the Carers Hub.
0: Right, that's good. That's good. Yeah, um,
1: I didn't even know about it. Like I said, when my husband first came on work for a t- about a year and a half, we was living just on my wages. We've gone through everything. We've gone through bankruptcy. We've lost a house, we lost the car. So we have it rock bottom. And then being told that he wasn't wasn't entitled to DLA because he could get on a scooter and go to the co-op to fighting to get it to me having to go right. Am I going to kill myself doing two jobs? Because I was working in a care home when I dropped down to part time, which was nights. Nice. I was coming home, grabbing two hours sleep, then sorting my husband out and then going back to work. And it worked out, that it was £10 worse off than me giving me job up and becoming a full-time carer. The carer money itself is bloody ridiculous. Um, it works out that I'm on 16 pence an hour. And the other sad thing about being a carer as well, when I hit retirement age, I lose the carers. So from, say, retirement 68, so when I reach 68, all I will get is my state pension. I won't be entitled to carers.
0: Sure. So you've got those worries, those worries on the horizon as well, then. Yeah. 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 Have you have you had a carer's assessment at all, Donna, in the past?
1: Not as far as I know, we haven't.
0: Okay. So that that might be something that you that that you could be entitled to then, and I can I can have a look into that for you, do a bit yeah. of research. But um, the, the the local authority, if if you're uh, effectively working full time as a carer for your husband, the local authority still has a duty under something called the Care Act to yes. to, to do a carer's assessment for you. And um, have you, I don't suppose you've heard of something called a needs assessment for Mark, have mm, No.
1: This is what I'm saying with my future daughter in law. Um, she was asking us the same questions, and I was like, we've had nothing. We had an OT come. They got us, they got us the help with the bungalow. They, uh, got us the help to widen the bathroom door, Mark's bedroom door, and put some steps up to the back door. But because that's all it was, we've now been discharged from them. If we need anything, then I'm um, to ring them back up. But I haven't got time to do that.
0: No, I, I can completely understand. But I, I mean, quite often, um, you know, the the, the hard work that, that that people like yourself do tends to go under the radar because yeah. be, be, because obviously you you care for somebody within your family unit. The, yeah. the, the, the the local council isn't necessarily as, as aware of, of the contribution that you're making, if you see what I mean. So, yeah. I, I mean, I can have a look into that for you after this call and, and, and see, yeah. you know, do a bit of research and see if there's anything anything there that that could help you but um it it sounds like mark would be um eligible for a a needs assessment for his health and social care needs um and it certainly sounds like you would be eligible for a carer's assessment as well so so we can have a look into that anyway and see see what comes comes out of it yeah so just going back to what what you were talking about with with um, the, the car and, and being able to go out and about, and, and the fact that you learned to drive and were able to get out and about, that must have been a, you know, a, a massive relief for for both of you. You know, after you discovered that kind of Mark was going to be in a situation where he's not able to get get out as much. Um,
1: it is. Um, it, I was so I was like a kid in a sweet shop. <laughs> because it's something that I teach. Mark helped me because Mark taught me to drive. Um, And every car that we've had, I've drove. Um, So Mark's got a very big part to play in me passing my test. Um, He was so happy for me. But I think because now I've got that independence, And he's not got that independence anymore because he can't drive as much anymore. I think that's making a big issue because if I go out, I have to go, right, I'll get you everything that I need. I need to go shopping. I can't say to him now, right, I'll be back in half an hour because with the lockdown and the queues and everything, I could be queuing for an hour and a half just to get in the supermarkets so I'm constantly going oh god I'm gonna to have to go in a minute to get back because I don't like leaving it
0: yeah with the, the situation at the moment and not being able to go out then how are you and Mark coping in terms of your your mental health are you, are you finding things to do and and kind of new ways to entertain yourself just because just you haven't got that social contact.
1: Luckily me and Mark's got a really weird relationship. We are like best friends and he'll say something to me and I'll be like, I'm busy, your two hours are up and stuff like that. But we, we've both got PCs so we're both <laughs> big gamers. If I need quiet time, I try and grab it, and I end up doing um, things that are called diamond art, and they're like pictures, and you stick little beads to them. Um, my bedroom is nearly enough plastered in them. I won't need
0: to. Oh me. yeah, now I know what you mean. Like they, they look quite therapeutic. They look quite soothing to do them.
1: They are until the dog jumps on the bed and chucks them everywhere. <laughs> um, but no, we do have. Quite a lot of banter, but then sometimes it does go a bit haywire because he'll say, even after 22 years, I still don't know when he's joking and when he's not joking. So obviously, I'm getting at at all because it's everything's now down to me. Bill's cutting the grass, um, feeding the dogs, making sure he's taking medication, making sure I've took my tablets. And I sometimes get snappy and then with him, with Mark having anxiety as well, I'll say to him do you want to come shopping? and he'll go, yeah but then he'll sort of like not deliberately but he'll cause an argument yeah, and then gets more yeah. and then goes, I'm not going so I go, alright, I'll go on
0: It's I, I think that's, that's something that um has has become an issue for for most families and you know re- regardless yeah. of how long you've been married or you know how well yeah. you get on with each other it's it's the fact that we've had such little contact with other people that um yeah. you know it, it is going to have an effect isn't it eventually because yeah. we all you know we we human beings we we're, we're social animals
1: it's hard as well because i have well we have three grandkids Willow is one. Lucy and Zoe are my son's other two. And we're used to seeing them. And we haven't seen them for, what, eight, nine weeks?
0: Yeah, and they grow so quickly, don't they?
1: We're quite lucky because, obviously, we've got this FaceTime and everything. So we do video call them or they'll video call us. But it's not the same as... Them coming round and giving you a big cuddle, saying hi, granddad, hi, mama. And do you get what I mean? And yeah, no. You're right. You do grow up so fast. Donna, yeah, no.
0: just sorry, just just while it it, it comes into my head, what? is is Mark registered as um extremely vulnerable on the government website? Is that um, something that you've looked I don't into?
1: No.
0: Okay. Um, okay.
1: Because he does have diabetes. But it's not insulin dependent they think that he might have kpd uh, because he's got abscesses on his kidney and liver we're still waiting for that
0: i've just sent you a link donna just just in yeah. case um so, so what it is it's it's the government website but it's um it's it's something that you can register for and it's yeah. if you are classified as a, as extremely vulnerable to the virus yeah. um you can register on the government website and then if you know if things are quite drastic do you remember they've they've recruited all these nhs volunteers
1: yeah
0: so if you're on that register then potentially you you would be eligible for people to come round and deliver food to yeah. you and things like that now I'm, yeah. I, I'm not sure if if Mark would qualify or not but it's certainly worth having a look at that you know just have a look on the website and I think it would explain more about you know what what kind of health conditions would qualify so I, I'm conscious Donna I don't want to take up too much of your much of your time today but what what you've you know you know what you've said has been so helpful, and I, and I really appreciate you, you, you being in touch. So it, it just just to kind of summarise, then, if you could, uh, obviously this lockdown might ease a little bit, but we're likely to be living with some restrictions for a long time. But if yeah. if you could if you could change a few things to make things better whilst we're living with this, you know, for for you and for Mark and in in your role as a carer, what kind of things would you change?
1: the fact that asking people in our situation if we need help, the fact that the stupid ridiculous times with supermarkets, why can't they do it in the afternoon? I'm sure that you have a quiet period, say like two till three, in the afternoon for just your carers. And sure. do some sort of, have you got a letter, have you got a badge to prove that you you are doing that job? I mean, we have on a Thursday, they do a clap every Thursday yes. at 8 o'clock yeah. for the NHS. Brilliant, fantastic, they're doing an awesome job, they're on the front line. But what about all your other carers? that aren't getting that recognition and you're in a queue where you've got a care a person who works in a care room who's got the tabard and the badge thing and they get straight in yeah you're like but i do your job but just not in a building with other people
0: yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I, that that this conversation's really brought it home to me, Donna. How how underappreciated you are, particularly at the moment, but but, but generally, you know, carers yeah. that you know that, that that care for loved ones and are are in their own in their own homes. You know, it's it's yeah. kind of it's it's almost um out of sight, out of mind, isn't it? Sometimes yeah. you know for. Definitely. For, for wider society and, and um...
1: the, the only time you get recognised is if you need something like if Mark needs eventually we've got to have a ramp of some sort put up against the front door um, that is the only time that we're going to get that help because I'm going to have to ring round to find out how I go about it then for somebody to come out, they don't just go right. We'll just give her a quick phone call to make sure that everything's okay. Yeah. You don't get that.
0: No, I I completely agree. And and in what I do, uh, Donna, that that happens a lot. Where there's there's the, there's people who are very vulnerable, and they they probably don't use the internet even, or that you know they're not right. they're not very confident people, and they're not aware of what's out there for them. And and a lot of the time, you know, unless somebody comes to them and says, you need help, that, you know, they'll just carry on living their life and and struggling. So it's so important. Um, And we live in a time even before this happened where, you know, that we talk about resources for councils and things were stretched very thin. But I, yeah. I do agree with you that there should be much more of an emphasis on, on um, councils to ask people how they are rather than people going to the council to ask for help.
1: Yeah. yeah, I mean, last year the DSS sent me, telling me that I had to go to the job centre to get looked for a job. So I went, excuse me, I went and had this interview and she said, well you need to look for a job, I goes. I am a registered carer for my husband, I goes. when do you want me to get this job, in what hours of the day, and she's like, you care for your husband two hours a day, I went, no, on paper it's two hours a day, because that's what you're saying I'm entitled to, I said, you're talking probably ten hours a day, I get £67.25 a week. I says, so I'm on 16p an hour. So, okay, then I will go get a job. I goes, but then you are going to have to pay a carer to come to my husband in the morning, at dinner time, and at night time. I says, which is what? What are they on? Fifteen pound an hour. I just So who's saving your money? Yeah. And she went. Um. Um. Oh, and guess what? I didn't have to go and get a job.
0: <laughs> it's very good. <laughs> you, you've obviously you've you've done a good job of advocating for yourself there, Donna. Since we're talking about advocacy.
1: <laughs> if I believe in something and I know it's worth fighting for, I'll fight for it definitely I, I, I am a fighter uh, because obviously mark struggles with things and stuff like that I am now his fighter as well
0: yeah definitely and and that's so that's so important you know that you know that because he's you know because he's your your husband and and somebody yeah. that you love you know you feel all that it, it really brings it home to you you um, you know when when they're not being treated, you know, with with the respect and, and dignity that they deserve. You know, so he's very lucky yeah, I, to ha- very lucky to have you though, Donna, in his corner.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was hard because I was here in full time before uh, in a nursing home, um, and then when he first took badly, I mean, this is a sort of relationship that me and Mark have got, and I've, I I think other people in my situation understand where I'm coming from because when I first took on the role of his carer I was treating him as just a normal person yeah as as a job and he had to sit down with me and say I am not one of your service users I am your husband I still get embarrassed when you say, "Come on, let's." I need to get you in the shower because I know you don't mean it, and I know that you've got, a, 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 you have to do different things. It says, "But it is sometimes a bit." You'll put me in the shower and you'll leave the door open, and there's no privacy. Yeah. He says because. You're treating me as a job
0: and not as your husband. It's a it, very, very big adjustment for both of you to make, though, isn't yeah. it? With, with you having worked yeah. as a carer prior to, to, to Mark becoming more reliant on you, and, and, and yeah. for Mark to have had so much independence before 2016, you know, it, it must have been a very yeah. difficult adjustment period for, for both oh, of he, you. It's still
1: adjusting. Mean, yeah, I, I, he's correct me years ago, I had to have one, I had the hysterectomy on the Thursday I was back home no, I had the hysterectomy on the Wednesday I was back home on Thursday and I was cooking and cleaning on the Friday
0: Yeah. because yeah. I'm a
1: kid my husband was badly and really, I should have it. it's a six month recovery you're not meant to pick a kettle up for three months, but who is going to do it? I mean, the carers, are, they were brilliant. Um, I didn't know about them. Uh, somebody told me about them, so I gave them a ring. I think it's not Nottinghamshire County Council, Social Services, something like that. Um, they said, yes, we'll give you, you've got a £600 pot. And I went, right, so what's that for? And she goes, that is if you go in hospital or you need a few days away, they will pay for a carer to come in and do what I do for a couple of days while I have a break. All well and good, and I so much appreciate it, but I think a lot of other people would be the same as well. I would feel so guilty going away, knowing my husband can't,
0: yeah absolutely and and also i suppose um you know your your husband is somebody that's used to having most of his yeah. care from his wife you know and, and to have yeah. potentially have a stranger come in and give that care just wouldn't you know it wouldn't be the same and and i imagine that would be he would have that you know he would find that quite difficult to to, to yeah. cope with see mark
1: doesn't get on with people very well he's all loud and he'll have a laugh and they go, which I do. I'd try not not take things too seriously, because if I did, I reckon I'd be in a corner rocking. <laughs> um,
0: I think we all would be at the moment.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so you've got to have that lighter side to things. And like you said, somebody strange coming in, uh, when he had to have his DLA review, he couldn't answer the questions so I was trying to answer for him and all I got told was, I'm talking to him, not you. Uh, excuse me, I know my husband better than you do and I know what his needs are better than you do. I had to go out the room because I was going to say something really horrible.
0: Yeah, <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Yeah.
1: I've got, I got, I got a big old little teacher, a big kid. <laughs>
0: Yeah, no I don't blame you so so Donna what, what I'm gonna do then I'm gonna um I'm gonna get going in a second I, I massively appreciate you you coming on to the to the podcast because like I say this is a totally new thing um, and we're trying to make it as relevant as possible to what's going on in the outside world and and uh, the, the time that you've given us and the information you've given us is fantastic
1: I hope it does help other people as well I hope other people all go oh my god that's out it is at my house. So how do you? How are you
0: coping with it? Thank you very much. And, and send my regards to your husband Mark as well.
1: I will do. And okay, the dogs. All... And the dogs. Yes. <laughs> oh, they—they've
0: gone out. That's all right then. Oh,
1: they're chasing a cat, so they'll be fine. Oh, they're happy then. <laughs> yeah, they're happy. All right all then. Right, then
0: Thanks very much, then Donna. You take care. Thank you. Cheers. Bye. 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 Before we finish this podcast, I just wanted to address a couple of points that came up during my chat with Donna. Firstly, it's important for you to know that if you've got care and support needs, you will be entitled to a needs assessment from the local authority. A needs assessment is a process where a representative from the local authority will come and look at what care and support you need to live your life. They'll record what your needs are and give you a copy of their assessment. It might be that the local authority offered to provide further care and support to you, but this comes down to everybody's individual circumstances. To ask for a needs assessment, contact your local authority. If you're unsure who to contact, a good starting point would be to Google the words needs assessment and your local council, and there should be some search results that come up from that. Uh, Secondly, I briefly spoke with Donna about something called a carer's assessment so again it's really important for you to know that if you care for somebody whether you live with them or not you're entitled to a carer's assessment this process is similar to a needs assessment but it's focused on the carer and not the person receiving the care the idea behind the carer's assessment is to identify whether you qualify for any additional support yourself if you're a carer and you don't think you've had a carer's assessment I'd urge you to contact your local authority to request this.